The following program is recorded content created by The Truth Network. Your blood is about to boil, especially if you are parents. But this is a broadcast you cannot miss. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Friends, for more than 20 years now, we have been saying that there will be a gospel-based moral and cultural revolution in America. Never known how far reaching it will go, but I've known it will take back some of the ground that was taken from our country through the sexual revolution and the counterculture revolution, the fruits of that over the decades. And we are, we are in the midst of this now. As more and more people are waking up to a radical agenda that is destructive for our country, that is destructive for our families, that is destructive for our young people, more and more are waking up parents, concerned parents are often on the front lines here. And friends, I'm here to infuse each of you with faith and with truth, with courage, with information, with impartation, with inspiration, so you can stand strong and you can make a difference where you are. And we can help provide the language to articulate what is burning in your hearts. We are here, friends, so that together we can see Jesus exalted. Together we can see God's people come alive. Together we can see the world around us positively impacted by the gospel, gospel truth and gospel principles. Welcome, friends, to the broadcast. Michael Brown, delighted to be with you, to weigh in, especially if you're a parent or if you're a student and you've encountered some of the things we're talking about today. I'd love to hear from you, married couples, single people, young people. I'd love to hear from you if you are encountering some of the very things we're going to talk about today. Now, for many years, there has been an agenda in many of our schools that would shock parents if the parents fully knew about it. But many times it is not openly disclosed. Many times the kids don't realize how contrary this is to family values or their parents' values or religious beliefs or things like that. Or because of the peer pressure of the moment and the indoctrination of the atmosphere in which these kids find themselves, they're not willing to push back. But as more and more parents are finding out, and especially through COVID, this happened a lot. When parents are now sitting in on classes that their kids are taking at home, and so they're watching online, it's like, what? They're, te- they're asking, th- they're teaching this, what? So many parents are learning about what is out there. All right. Over the weekend, uh, Nancy and I get emails from our kids in Maryland, our daughter and son-in-law in Maryland. I'm not going to mention where exactly in Maryland, what county, what school district, but they get a letter from the principal, a dear parent guardian. Uh, this semester, your student is enrolled in the health education, in health education, a course that is a graduation requirement for all students. This course provides students with an overview of many health-related topics that will have an impact on their health now and in the future. And now it goes through this and says, now, let us know. We're going to tell you what's going to be taught in this. Let us know if you want your student, your child, to opt out. Okay, good. They send this out. So 
Let, let's take a look <clears throat> at some of what is actually going on here. So you have a topic, then indicators, then objectives, right? So healthy relationships and consent, compare and contrast characteristics of healthy and unhealthy relationships. What's the objective? Analyze characteristics of healthy and unhealthy and unhealthy romantic and or sexual relations. Okay, and then how to have a difficult conversation with an, ad, an adult and, and uh, anatomy and physiology. Summarize the relationship between the menstrual cycle and conception. Summarize the relationship between it. So, you know, kids need to understand this. Now, now check this out. Look, look, look at this. I, I want you to hear this. Those watching, I want you to see this. Gender identity and expression. This is in a health course. <clears throat> Differentiate between sex assigned at birth gender identity, and gender expression. Did you get that? The school is going to teach your children myths, myths and fables based on human perception, not on scientific and biological reality. Hear this again. The children will learn to differentiate between sex assigned at birth, gender identity, and gender expression. Meaning that you could be a biological male, but they want you to understand that you might identify as female, but you may choose to express yourself as both or neither. They want to teach this to your children. <clears throat> the goal, the objective, is that the students can explain what gender and gender identity are and how they're different from biological sex. This is indoctrination. This is brainwashing. Oh, I haven't gotten to the really bad stuff yet. This is for the schools, all right? How about this? This is also part of what they want you to understand. Define sexual identity and explain a range of identities related to sexual orientation. I'm gay. I'm lesbian. I'm bi. I'm omni. I'm pan. I'm age. Just whatever it is. I have different, uh, no sexual, multiple sexual orientations. This, this is brainwashing, indoctrinating, impressionable high school children. And yes, even in high school, you are still quite impressionable. And they want the kids then to be able to define sexual identity. And look at this. Name at least three different sexual orientations. <clears throat> they want your kids to be able to, okay, well, gay, lesbian, bi, well, maybe you need more. That's like too basic. Just expand it. <clears throat> aside from the fact that so much of this is based on what someone perceives, especially the gender identity issues. And I recognize that some kids struggle from their earliest years. The vast majority of kids who struggle with gender identity issues, if you will simply affirm them in their biological sex and wait till they get through puberty, 80, 90% will no longer identify contrary to their biological sex. Many of the kids will think they're gay or lesbian. That is quite different still from saying I'm a boy trapped in a girl's body or vice versa and I want to be on hormones for life and have gender uh, genital mutilating surgery. <clears throat> and by the way, it would be ironic if this, would, this content would not be considered suitable for all advertisers on YouTube. It would be uh, ironic if that was the case and yet it's taught to kids in high school and I'm sure middle school and some of this to kids in elementary school. Some of these things. Yes, that would be quite ironic. 
not suitable for all advertisers with adults, adults watching, but suitable for little kids. <clears throat> when you are going to define sexual identity, yes, some people are same-sexually attracted, and they feel that way for years. Growing up, they felt different. That's their life. So just here's what you teach in school. Be nice to everybody. Boom! We just did it. Be nice to everybody. Tall kids, short kids, fat kids, thin kids, kids with funny teeth, kids with freckles, kids with long hair, short hair, kids who are dark-skinned, kids who are light-skinned, kids who speak with an accent, kids who speak with perfect English, kids who get straight A's, kids who struggle, kids who are fast, kids who are slow. Be nice to everyone. Kids who say that they're same-sex attracted, kids who don't. Be nice to everyone. Boom, we covered it all right there. All right, so here's, here's where it gets really extreme. I, I began to interact over the weekend and, and said, hey, let, let's, let's look at what the law says. And my kids and, and Nancy were, were interacting. Let, let's look at what the laws say in the state of Maryland. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> the law states... This is on the Planned Parenthood website. They want you to know this. The law states that a minor has the same capacity as an adult to consent to treatment for or advice about drug abuse, alcoholism, venereal disease, pregnancy, and contraception other than sterilization. This means minors can get the following services without parental knowledge or consent. Pregnancy testing. This is a law in the state of Maryland. As Nancy asked me passionately today, who, who makes these laws? When are these being passed? Who's passing them? Do the parents in general in the state of Maryland, do we know in general in our state what laws are on the books? The, the, a, a minor, a minor that could be 13 years old, 14 years old, right? Younger? They have the same capacity? As an adult to consent to treatment for or advice about drug abuse, alcoholism, venereal disease, pregnancy, and contraception and sterilization, they can't even vote. We don't believe they have the capacity yet to to adequately express their views in voting. In some states, they can't get behind the wheel of a car and drive by themselves. They, They can't get a tattoo probably in most states. And yet they have the same capacity as an adult? I mean, everybody that's 18 or older, 20 or older, 30 or older, 40 or older, think think back to what your decision-making was like at 13 compared to 20, or 13 compared to 30. This is absolute, oh, but pregnancy test, of course. I I mean, it even goes on to say, it's got a list of things like a a child cannot consent to to treatment of this, 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 in the hospital without parental approval, except if it ties in with abortion. Okay, okay, there's more. I'm going to expose the absurdity of this, the insanity of it. But when we come back, but but here, uh, here's state law, abortion, adoption, pregnancy, conception. All right. If you are a minor and you are not married, the doctor may not perform an abortion unless your parent or guardian is notified first. However, the doctor may perform an abortion without informing your parents under the following circumstances. If you do not live with your parents, guardian, 
or if the doctor's reasonable attempts to notify your parents, parents garden have failed, maybe one phone call, oh, we can reach him. If notifying your parents guardian might lead to physical or emotional abuse, my parents will be so mad. They'll kill me. They'll be so mad. Okay, that's emotional abuse. If in the doctor's opinion, you are mature and capable of giving informed consent, or if notifying your parents guardians would not be in your best interest for the doctor could, for any reason, the kid come up with any reason. No, it's not your best interest. You're, you're going to, we're going to give you an abortion. You get a pregnancy test. Your parents will never know it. You get pregnant. Your parents will never know it. You're 14 years old and you get an abortion and your parents will never know it under the law. This is outrageous. This is outrageous. I'm going to underscore that when we come back. Disorders and it's the line of fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the line of fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on the line of fire. Hey, I, I want to present you a great opportunity. We are getting reports of gatherings of pastors, leaders, thousands of believers crying out to God together, repenting of sins corporately asking God to forgive us as believers and to have mercy on our nation, standing for righteousness. And, excuse me, just heard about one group with uh, about 4,000 gathered from 50 different churches. When I heard, I told the pastor, hey, uh, if you can get the books in the, in the pastor's hands, we want to send out a copy uh, to each of them, a free copy of Revival or We Die. We'd love to send out thousands of these around the country to pastors to leaders who are on the front lines helping to stir their hearts more for revival draw them closer to god themselves ignite a fresh fire in their own hearts in their own lives if you'd like to help if you'd like to stand with us with a one-time gift to help us sow these books into their hands just go to askdrbrown.org askdrbrown.org just click donate and when you donate, just put revival books in the donation uh, as, as a description, and we'll know exactly where this should go. Or if you have our app, if you haven't downloaded the app yet, do it. You'll be blessed. Trust me. You'll be blessed within seconds of downloading it. Scroll through it. See what's there. Click on the different links. Ask Dr. Brown Ministries, ASKDR Brown Ministries on Apple. Ask Dr. Brown Ministries on Android. There's an old Ask Dr. Brown app on Android. That's about to disappear. You want the new updated one, ASK Dear Brown, Ask Dr. Brown Ministries on Android. There's a link there just to click to donate. Let me read you once more what what is stated here in, in Maryland. And I'm just looking to see if this is specifically in one county. No, this is a Maryland code, health code. Under the category of abortion, adoption, pregnancy, conception. This is the law. If you are a minor and you are not married, the doctor may not perform an abortion unless your parent or guardian is notified. However, the doctor may perform an abortion without informing your parents under the following circumstances. If you do not live with your parents, guardian, or if the doctor's reasonable attempts to notify your parents' guardian have failed. 
So what's reasonable? How, how many attempts? <clears throat> what time of the day? What, what's reasonable? Oh, we tried. If notifying your parents' guardian might lead to physical or emotional abuse. You're a 15-year-old girl pregnant. You're going to tell me you can't sell to the doctor that there's going to be a, a terrible emo- emotional abuse if the parents find out about this? You, you can't sell that to the doctor even if it's not true? <clears throat> I had a hard time figuring out when our daughters were telling me the truth and when they were like, because they lied too. Uh, you know, that happened. I had a hard time. Nancy could see right through it. I had a hard time. I'm, I'm the dad right there with him. Of course they could sell to a doctor. Oh, you know, oh, oh, my dad's going to hit me. And it's just, it's a lie. <clears throat> if, in the doctor's opinion, you are mature and capable of giving informed and said, come on. That's that's a hundred percent arbitrary now, and if the doctor's making money from this and the clinic's making money from this and this is their way, yeah, yeah, I say you're mature enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can sense you're mature enough. Oh yeah, right, right, sure. And then lastly, if notifying your parents' guardian would not be in your best interest, how is that not totally arbitrary? Ultimately. It is within the discretion of the doctor whether to perform the abortion without your parents' knowledge or consent. Who gave the doctors that permission? Where'd that come from? How did any thinking adult come up with that? And you say, yeah, yeah, but, but there are cases where there's physical abuse. There, there are cases where you have an infinitesimal number of cases where, where that is the reality. And the fact is, you, you then go to legal, you go to the law. This kid says I'm getting beaten by my father. You now report that to the authorities. That doesn't give the doctor or anybody else discretion to say, okay, go ahead. You're 14 years old, you have an abortion. And think of this. Think of this. And I want to underscore this, paint a picture for you in a moment. But think of this. <clears throat> you get a 14-year-old kid. She gets pregnant, right? That's shocking. Okay, so she's sexually, sexually active. That happens. We understand it, right? Be better that it doesn't happen. It's, it's wrong to happen, but it happens. Okay, she gets pregnant. Now she's, t- oh, no, I can't tell. My parents will be so mad. I've been having sex with my boyfriend. If they find out, they'll, they'll flip. Now, I'm, no, I can't hide it. I'm pregnant. I can't hide it. Oh, this will mess up my whole life if I'm pregnant. And, okay, so I can't tell anybody, but thankfully I can get uh, through my school and through Planned Parenthood and all that. Thankfully I can get, I can get a pregnancy test to confirm, okay, I'm definitely pregnant. Okay, all right, so I'm going to get an abortion and I'm going to explain and, and they're going to give me an abortion and my parents will never. Now think of this. You know how many people are traumatized? How many mothers are traumatized by having an abortion? How many of you listening right now would say, yeah, that happened to me, and I still feel the, the pang inside 20 years later or 30 years later or 10 years later. How many of you say, yeah, I thought it was great, I thought it was fine, I thought it was the thing to do, oh, but I've lived with that pain. Every year when the baby would have been born, I remember, I feel the pain. Some of the most poignant, moving calls we've ever gotten in the history of the line of fire. I would say if we had a top 20 that abortion-related calls are, are 10 or 15 out of the top 20 most moving calls we've ever gotten, by people getting on, sobbing and weeping. Decades later, saying, I'm a Christian now. I used to be a radical feminist. I had two abortions. I'm a Christian now. I know I'm forgiven, but it still hurts. It still hurts. Now this kid goes through the trauma of it. The doctor's not there a week later sitting with her. The, the parents don't even know what's going on with their kid. Why are you so sullen? What's the matter? What's, what's going on? They, the parents can't even be involved to parent. <clears throat> so, so I want you to think of this for a minute. 
So you, you, you want to get pregnant. Maybe for five years, you're trying. You're a married couple. You want to have kids. You're trying. You finally, thank God, you're finally able to have a, have a baby. Babies. So, I mean, you just think through the pregnancy. And the mom, you know, you're, oh, he kicked, he kicked. Honey, honey, come here, put your hand the Baby just kicked. And you're singing songs to the baby, and you don't know yet if it's a boy or a girl, and what are you going to name it and talking about it? And as soon as you find out the ultrasound, it's a girl. Okay, it's a girl. We're going to get, we, we set up the nursery, and, and you know, get, get the, the room ready and get a little crib and the bassinet for the, you know, and you get everything all set and, and you paint the little pink stuff and little toy, you know, hanging from the crib and you just, you, and, and now mom, you, you're ready to burst. You give birth to that baby. Only a mom can describe what that's like. The dad's perspective is amazing, but the mom's perspective, wow. And now you, you, you cuddle that little baby and you nurse that baby and the dad rocks, has to hold the head of purpose on his shoulder and, the, and it's just the amazing thing. Oh, good God. Oh, he, he, she smiled and she looked, she smiled. Little Nicole, she smiled. And, 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 and the parents there, she gets up in the middle of the night crying. The government's not there in the middle of the night to sit with her. Local doctor's not there. The abortion doctor's not there to sit with her in the middle of the night when she's crying or she's got gas got to be burped or... She's got a little diaper rash, and, and now, you know, you, oh, she, she walked, she took her first steps. You got it on video, you sent it out to the whole world. So she, she took three steps, and, and so now she just gets older, and she's two, three years old. Now you have another child, and now you're raising both of them, and, and just, oh, so, oh, she doesn't feel good your whole life, so she's sick. She's a little under the weather. You, you guess you nurse her back, okay, everything's great, good. You, playing games, dad, you put her on your shoulders and run around with her, you know, and then mom, you, you know, you, you're going to show her she's fine. Mommy, can I cook? Yeah, let's cook together. And you do that. And you, no, no, you can't do this. No, yeah, you weren't. I told you, you have to brush your teeth before you go to sleep. I don't like brushing. You have to brush your teeth. You're there for them all these years. Now they start to grow and develop. She, you know, she goes through her some changes and mommy, what's going on? And, and, you know, you talk her through that and you've explained things and, you know, she's noticing boys more. And you talk about how you and your husband met and the whole thing. And dad's saying, now, look, you know, you start to like a boy. I want to meet him. And he's smiling and talking and, and, you know, and it, look, look. We don't want you watching this on social media. It's, you know, it's bad stuff. And my friends do. No, look, here's why we don't, we have these values. So you raise them. You're involved with, you know, your kids. Yeah. There are parents that aren't the best parents. Not every, you know, all of us have our weaknesses, but that's the way life works. Kids raised in a home, not raised by the government, not raised by the medical profession but raised by loving moms and dads, sometimes a single parent household, and you pour in and you work overtime to be there with your kids and because you know them and you've invested your life in them. What an absolute outrage. It's somebody from the outside who's meeting your kid for the first time and who could potentially make money off of your kid is, is now gonna make a life altering decision for that kid and, and for the, the child in the womb. The outrage of this, the absolute outrage, and the outrage of schools thinking it's up to them to tell your kids stuff you don't even agree with and believe in and, and think is even real or helpful. It is outrageous. By the way, here, laws, laws in Maryland as well. Laws in Maryland as well. <clears throat> now look at this, health records and privacy. 
Your health records are private except under certain conditions. Even if you object, physicians, psychologists, or medical staff may provide your parents and their spouses, your guardians, your custodians with information about your medical treatment. Your parents, guardians have the right to request and obtain your health records, except as they relate to abortion. Is this not outrageous? Even without a minor's consent or over a minor's expressed objection, an attempting, attending physician, psychologist, or member of the medical staff, the hospital, or public clinic, under the advice or direction of the attending physician or psychologist, may give a parent, a parent spouse, a guardian, or a custodian information about treatment needed by or provided to a minor, unless the treatment relates to abortion. Outrage. Outrage. How do these laws get made? Who are behind, who's behind them? This time, friends, to stand up and make a difference. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us. If you'd like to join in, air your own opinion, interact with what I'm saying. If you want to defend these laws as right or righteous, give me a call, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. All right, a few more things I want to hammer home here. Under Maryland law, a child, a minor, can give consent to get treatments for drug or alcohol problems, right? You say, I'm, I'm struggling in this area, and you're, you're to be treated as if you were an adult. All right, now, of course, this, it's still giving informed consent to a minor beyond what that minor is really capable of fully understanding in most cases. But in any case, okay, that's the law. However, if the minor says, yeah, I, I'm, I've got this dependency here, but I don't want the treatment there, no, they can't give informed consent to not get the treatment, but only to get it. Is that not a recognition that they cannot think for themselves fully at that age? And that's why they are still under parental supervision. Now think of this. As a result of an abortion on your kid, the kid ends up being sterilized. The kid is no longer able to have children. Your daughter is no longer able to conceive. This can happen. or, Or it's much more difficult for her to conceive. First, you don't even know the abortion took place because the law has covered the abortion provider. And the doctor who took the life of what would have been your grandchild is, is not, you don't even know the thing took place, number one. Number two, they're not responsible. And the parents had nothing to do with any of it. Is it still the case in school where the school nurse can't give a kid an aspirin but can send the kid to Planned Parenthood for pregnancy tests and and abortion without the parents knowing it? And how many GSAs, gay-straight alliances, are there not just in high schools but in in middle schools now where you can come out to your peers and, and to your faculty supervisors and administrators and others, adults, right? You can come out and say, I'm trans or I'm gay, and they will know it and affirm it, and the parents are not allowed to know. Confidentiality. Is this not a direct assault on parental rights, parental responsibilities? Think, Think of it. Over the life of raising your child, how many sacrifices do you make? Oh, it's a joyful sacrifice, ultimately, because it's for your kids. 
But, but how many sleepless nights do you have when they're sick? How, how much time is taken off from work to, to get your kid back to health? How, how much time is spent disciplining and saying no and reinforcing values? If you're believing parents, how much time is spent praying for your kids and fasting and agonizing for their well-being? How many sleepless nights are there if your kid's getting in trouble and, and you don't know how to handle the thing and you're up late at night and you, you can't sleep, you're tossing and turning because you don't know where your kid, what's going on, or, or just the, the pain that you carry, the, resp- the sense of responsibility that you carry in raising a child. It is a lifelong investment. You know, I, I, was, I was looking back at, uh, at journal entries and I was overseas ministering and it was, it was a time when our older daughter went through some rebellion. Yes, our wonderful daughter who's an amazing mom and, and wife and, and best friend of, of Nancy and all of that. She went through a period of, of rebellion. She didn't go out doing crazy law-breaking things, but she rebelled against some of our standards. And I'm going through my journal as I'm ministering overseas. And this is the constant thing that Nancy and I are talking about. The constant thing that it's weighing on her and burdening her and how to best help our daughter and put up certain parameters in the household. And, hey, you're in this house. You have to live by this. And then how it's I'm overseas ministering and pouring my heart out and carrying this. This is what parents do. This, this is what happens in, in life. And yet the government can step in. The school can step in and do something not just against your wishes, but keep you out of the process. You don't even get to be involved in processing this and sitting with your kids and talking it through and the ramifications and the implications. You don't even get to. I'm just grabbing my phone here. I just got a text and I want to make sure I read this to you. All right. Uh, Hang on here. Uh, Okay. Look at this. Just want to read this exactly. A physician is not liable for civil damages or subject to a criminal penalty for a decision under this subsection not to give notice. <clears throat> hmm. Are you ready? Uh, this, I, I paraphrased it. I want to read it directly. So the physician doesn't give notice. As a result of that, something bad happens. A physician is not liable for civil damages or subject to a criminal penalty for a decision under the subsection not to give notice. That's the law. That's the law in the state of Maryland and probably in many other states. It doesn't say they're not responsible for medical malpractice. That's not the issue. But if they decide, yeah, an abortion is the best interest of this kid and the kid goes on and has an abortion and it ends up terribly hurting that child's life. Not responsible for not telling. Nope. So there can be no pushback. There can be no penalty. The only alternative is for parents to find out who makes the laws, to vote those people out, and to vote people in that will change the laws to be righteous laws that are ultimately there to protect the children. Stay engaged, parents. And stay outraged in a holy way, in a righteous way, and get involved. Find out what's happening in your schools. Look, when things were going down in this in Mecklenburg County, where Charlotte is the key city, many of us who lived in and around Mecklenburg County got involved. 
to say, hey, you're going to be changing the bathroom rules here so that a boy who identifies as a girl can share a bathroom with a biological girl and so on and so forth. And, and we raised our voices about it. Many in our church came. In fact, I remember the night school board meeting normally have just a handful of people attending, literally just a handful. Maybe there's room for 120. We filled the building with folks from our congregation, just from one congregation. Uh, folks called in advance to set up. You had 10 different people who could speak up to three minutes each on a certain issue. All 10 were from our congregation. And, and all 10 addressed these clearly, articulately with what was going on in the schools and agenda and things like that. But, and, and we, folks said, we want to hear from you. So we, we flooded the school board with calls, with information, right? And what happens as a result? School board voted 6-3 to go on with this radical agenda. Why? Because that was what they were predisposed to do. And you realize that, okay, the only way to change that is to get a different school board. Somebody voted them in, somebody can vote them out. That's what we get to do. Somebody else had an agenda, we differ with their agenda, we get to vote. We get to vote them out. This is reality, friends. All right, the pushback, though, continues. The pushback continues with lines being crossed, with parents, with educators, with others saying enough is enough. Mount Walsh led a rally in Nashville, Tennessee over the weekend. Uh, He said they were hoping for 1,000 people. Attendance was put at 3,000. And uh, Matt spoke, it's it's about, quote, transitioning children. It is is about the chemical castration and genital mutilation of children. And many voices are speaking out. You'll also hear, we'll, we'll play a clip. First, Matt Walsh. And then I'll, I'll give you a little more background. And then Kelly Nugent, known to the world as Scott Nugent, but known to me as Kelly. Let's listen to what Matt had to say. What is the cause that we are here for? It's very simple. We are here to fulfill one of our most fundamental obligations as Americans, as adults, as human beings, and that is to protect our children. That is why we're here. If we, if we will not stand up for them, then who will? If it's not us, then who stands for them? The people out there shouting, they're not going to stand for the kids. They stand for victimizing and preying upon kids. So it falls to us. Now, here's the fact of the matter. There is in this state and all across the country a conspiracy to target and indoctrinate our children into the cult of gender ideology, a cult which fosters delusion, intentionally creates an identity crisis in young, impressionable kids. It's a cult which convinces them that gender doesn't exist, that they have no identity. It's a path to confusion and despair. Mm. So this is just part of Matt's comments. You say, well, what's all that noise in the background? The noise in the background is protesters. The noise in the background is, is people raising their voices to try to drown out the speakers. Of course, it doesn't work. It just makes them look bad. This is what you call calling evil good and calling good evil. Then Kelly Nugent speaks. This is not an easy thing for her to do for many reasons, but she will do anything. She is basically giving her life blood to say, stop transitioning children. This is someone who had sex change surgery to become a man and got on all kinds of hormones, destroyed her life, destroyed her health, destroyed many other things, 
only to make her realize no amount of surgery and hormones can change her male into a female or vice versa. So even though Kelly and I have many differences on many issues, I absolutely admire her courage and we stand together against transitioning of children. And notice that Kelly, Kelly, who would have been otherwise, you know, transgender, yeah, yeah, we love Kelly, we love Scott. Oh no, now Kelly has become the enemy of the radical transgender activists. Listen to some of what Kelly had to say. I was the trans man who was called the hero in Matt's groundbreaking documentary. The hero, that's pushing it. All I did was tell the truth, and the truth is, is that I'm a woman and I will never be a man. No one can change their sex. Medical transition is experimental, cosmetic, and it only creates an illusion of the opposite sex for comfort. But medical transition doesn't cure anything, as society is being led to believe. But who I am, my most important role, is that of a parent to three incredible children. I'm a mother, and as a woman who has given birth, carried life, as someone who fell for the relentless onslaught of glitter bombs and unicorn farts, I'm here today to put an end to the idea that medical transitioning children is about human rights. It is not. It's about money. Mm. Greed for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That is certainly what drives some of this. A whole lot of money to be made for a lifetime on transitioning kids. May this cruel, abusive medical malpractice end in our day. We'll be right back. The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on the Line of Fire, 866-348-7884. I understand that there are people who genuinely believe that a kid who's struggling with gender identity issues that the way to treat that kid compassionately is to affirm what they believe their real identity is and to affirm that this is Johnny trapped in Jane's body, so we're going to call Jane Johnny. They, they genuinely believe it's best. Their parents researched it, and they've been reinforced in this, and their educators who, and doctors who genuinely believe it's best and genuinely think that they are helping children by putting them on hormone blockers at the age of, of 10 or puberty blocking hormones at the age of 10 and then giving a girl a full mastectomy at the age of 14 that, that they actually think they're, hap- they're, they're helping. They are deluded. They are wrong. It is never in the child's best interest. We're not talking about someone who is biologically intersex or chromosomal abnormality. And, and you're trying to judge, is, do I have a boy or a girl? Or trying to raise the child appropriately and understand. That, that's a totally separate category we're not talking about. We're talking about a biological male or a biological female who believes they are other than what they are. And a large reason why they believe it is sociological contagion. A large reason that they believe these things is indoctrination, brainwashing, peer pressure, peer influence. 
demonic attack as well and deception, things sweeping through a society. And, and they're now imagining things they never would have thought before. A large, large, large number of them. That's why suddenly with all this just being out there and with kids, the new role model, right? The new role model is some trans kid getting sex train surgery and so on. Impressionable kids are going to be influenced. And that's why the numbers of those identifying as trans have multiplied massively. And this is also on the schools. It's also on the educators. You know, parents are discovering their, their kids in school, in middle school, high school, and they'll be told, you've got to give your gender pronouns and do this and do that. And like, what? This is in your school? Oh, yeah, Mom, I never told you. Well, now during COVID, the parents watching the classes with the kids sitting in over their shoulders, it's like, this is in the curriculum? We had no idea. So this is why more and more are speaking up and more and more are speaking out. And these parents, in many cases, are on the front lines of, of pushing back of a, of a moral and cultural reformation, saying change has to come. This is outrageous. But when it comes to chemical castration of kids, what, what child is capable of fully understanding the implications of saying, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take these, these chemicals in my body, I'll, I'll take this stuff in my body, and yeah, I may not be able to have kids when I get older, but yeah, I know I was adopted a kid. Get a pet dog, or what's the problem? <clears throat> what child is fully capable of understanding that? Just by nature, by definition, they will not be because they are still children. I mean, those that are outraged by the prospect, they have a better chance of understanding. No way will I touch that if I can't have kids of my own. But many others say, no big deal. And how many kids are even thinking, yeah, I got a big family, or this or that. And I don't want any kids until they get married. And things change dramatically. And yet they're being influenced. There are some who have evil purposes. They can make money and they're going to make money, period. I, I, I tremble to think what will happen to them on the day of judgment if they have not repented and humbled themselves before God. Others genuinely think they are helping, but they are wrong. They will ultimately be proven to be on the wrong side of science. They are absolutely on the wrong side of history. And, and they, they need a little more understanding or a little more compassion, or a little less reaction to people challenging their views to get this right. We're talking about things that are irreversible. And we're talking about schools with curricula influencing, impacting impressionable children. We should be engaged and we should be outraged, but I say in a holy way, meaning that if it just gets us angry in the natural. And we forget the fact that the people with the agendas, the people that we are opposing, the people that we believe are pushing our children in the wrong way, they are also people for whom Jesus died. And if they have become our ideological enemies, we are still called to love them. If we respond to their flesh with our flesh, it's only going to bring more flesh. So, Speak, but speak with clarity. You know, here, here look, it, it's very easy to get so mad that you get in the flesh. But then that just disqualifies you from being taken seriously. The world's just going to look at you like you're out of control. By, by God's grace, find people who can speak up. Find good spokespeople who can be articulate, clear, not holding back anything. I mean, loud, clear in terms of truth in terms of not compromising, in terms of not holding back anything, speaking it out, boom, loudly, clearly, boldly.
boldly. No mincing of words, but under control. Let the folly of those with a destructive agenda, let their folly be exposed. And then remember that ultimately the antidote to all of this is revival in the church. Realize that ultimately what matters is a healthy church, a thriving church, believers walking in first love with Jesus, believers helping others encounter the Lord, believers engaged in the Great Commission, winning the lost, making disciples, shining light in dark places, saying, hey, look at our marriage. It's because of the Lord. And we've been together 10 years or 20 years or 50 years. And he's done amazing things in our lives. And we, we have been happily married. It's incredible through hardship and challenge. And look at our kids. They're, they're fine kids. They're, they're, they love each other. They love the Lord. They love their parents. Now, I understand that you go through difficult times. I understand that you can have challenges with kids, but I'm saying overall, we should be able to show the world, hey, our way works better. Our kids are not full of disrespect. Our, our, our kids are, are, are not engaging in all the things that all the others are all the time. Oh yeah, you're gonna have kids that fall away and backslide, I understand that. But overall, we should be able to say to the world, hey, hey, look, look at the contentment that's here. Look at the joy that's here. Wouldn't it be nice, you, you, got, you got five kids, wouldn't it be nice that all five are not, you know, strung out on drugs, or all five are not sleeping around out of wedlock? Wouldn't that be amazing? And, and, you know, just living by biblical principles is better, is best. The government does not ultimately know how to raise your children, nor does it have the responsibility to, nor does it have the calling to. The school system ultimately does not have the responsibility, the calling, the grace, the privilege of raising your children. And where they should be educating our kids, in some cases they're doing a great job and they're fine school systems and districts and, and people of integrity and, and good character and understanding family values and sensitive to various things and, and some even with, with good biblically-based convictions that are helpful for everybody. That's not about imposing our religion on others. But many other cases, there's a lot of indoctrination going on. If you're within the school system, push back as you can. If you haven't read my book, Silencing of the Lambs, The Silencing of the Lambs, I strongly encourage you to get it. Read it, take it to heart, recognizing what's really happening in the society around us. The Silencing of the Lambs, the ominous rise of cancel culture and how we can overcome it. Understand how high the stakes are. Understand what's taking place from nursery school through university, through the government, through the media and social media, Understand what's taking place. The, the world system is hostile to God. That's the way it's always been. First John 5, 19. We are of God, little children, and the whole, the whole world is under the power of the evil one. We understand that. Second Corinthians 4, 4. God has blinded the eyes of, excuse me, uh, the God of this world, Satan. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Right? Ephesians 6, 12. Our battle is not with people, but with spiritual powers and forces. So there is a spiritual battle taking place. It can ultimately be won only spiritually. So are we involved politically? Yes. Should we be involved in our schools? Yes. Should we seek to change unjust, unrighteous laws? Yes. 
should, should we do what we can in the natural to help the poor, the needy, the outcast? Yes, these are all good things that we should do. But remember, ultimately, this is a spiritual battle. We ourselves must be burning bright. We ourselves must be revived. We ourselves must be full of the Spirit. We ourselves must be Jesus-centered. We ourselves must be grounded in the Word. We ourselves must be living in godly character. And we can, by the grace of God, and we can as God revives our communities, and we can as we encourage one another as brothers and sisters. So let's do that. Let, let's, let's help the coal next to us. If we're starting to burn, get hot, let's help that coal next to us to get burning brighter. Let's encourage one another to seek the Lord. Let's encourage one another to believe God. Let's encourage one another to share the faith. Let's encourage one another to be people of prayer and people of worship and people of the word and people of character. Not by putting a negative peer pressure of legalism, but by spurring one another to good works. And let's believe that, that in our generation, we'll see a turning. Let's believe that in our generation, that there'll be sanity and clarity. Friends, that's why we're here on the radio with you, to be your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Let's believe that starting in the church and then through that spreading into society, we will see a change come, a turning come for the, the glory of the Lord and for the good of our kids, grandkids and great grandkids. Let it be now. Another program powered by the Truth Network.